Hi, welcome to this week's Mountain Basketball Podcast. I'm glad you're with me and it's time to talk about Colorado basketball. I have a great one on tap today is with Dwight Thorne II. Most Colorado fans will know Dwight because he played basketball for CU, graduated in 2010, and he was a really good player for CU, so I'm a big fan of Dwight's. And he's really become a rising star in the world of college basketball coaching. He's, he's a young guy. He's got a lot of experience. He played basketball collegiately. He actually even played pro basketball in Europe for a few years. We do talk about that in the podcast. And right now he's working as the director of basketball operations for Denver University. There's a lot of ties with CU and DU right now because the head coach is Rodney Billups. He used to be the assistant coach for CU. And Ricardo Patton, who was the head coach of Colorado when I was a student here, he's an assistant coach at DU now. So there's a lot of ties over there and I'm becoming a DU basketball fan. I think they're gonna have a really good year this year. And Dwight is the head coach of Team Colorado in the, the basketball tournament that kicks off pretty soon. So I encourage you guys to check out Team Colorado, and I think they're going to make a good run in the tournament this year. So I do want to point out I had a little bit of technical difficulties during the podcast. Um, my mic stopped on me for a little bit. I want to thank Dwight for you know being professional about that. I pieced this together as best I could. So um, I think you're going to enjoy this this podcast. Dwight's a fantastic guy, and I think there's great things for him to come. So I hope you enjoy this. Okay, I'm here with Dwight Thorne II. He's agreed to do an interview with me. We're here at the CU Basketball Stadium. He just finished up practice for the basketball tournament. He's the head coach of Team Colorado. So, Dwight, thanks for being here with me today. Thanks, Jeff, for having me, man. I'm really excited about this. Great. So, I mean, I know these answers, obviously, but could you just give me a quick background about, you know, where you grew up, where you went to high school? Uh, from Arlington, Texas. Uh, fun fact that people don't necessarily know about Arlington is um, it's the largest city in America without public transportation. Oh, really? So uh, I say it to people when they ask me, like, where are you from? I say Dallas, and they say what part? I say Arlington. So uh, very proud to be from Arlington. Um, it's, you know, as a high school student, those are the best years of your life, in my opinion. Yeah. And they kind of form who you'll be, um, give you a direction of where you want to go, help you kind of form into a young man to be a man once you get to college. So um, born and raised in Arlington, Texas. Um, both my parents still live there, only child. My older cousin was like my brother. Um, AC Law played at Texas A&M University, played in the NBA for a few seasons. So, you know, I was by myself, but I wasn't by myself. So Yeah, good. So, obviously, you played here at the University of Colorado. So How did that recruiting process go? Did you look at a lot of different schools, or how did that go? So, you know, I, I was fortunate to be recruited, and I think the time I tell kids I recruit nowadays is that this is the best time, one of the best times of your life, where somebody is actually – courting you because you're good at a sport and they want you to come right. play for them. Um, so I was very fortunate to be recruited by a lot of schools. Uh, my final five were Colorado, Texas Tech, TCU, A&M, and in Nebraska. Oh, so some big schools. So I had, I, had a, I had a lot of opportunity to go play basketball at different places. Uh, what brought me to Colorado was an interesting story. My uncle was coached by Coach uh, Paul Graham, who recruited me to Colorado. Oh, really? So he had a connection to Was Dallas. that when Ricardo Patton was the head coach? Ricardo, okay. was, Ricardo Patton was still the head coach. So my uncle had a connection to him. Um, so he was in Dallas a lot recruiting that time. And then so that relationship kicked off that way. And then, you know, they were on me from the beginning, and they just continued to recruit me, and I appreciated the loyalty. Um, and I appreciated coming to play for Coach Patton, who was, was an African-American man who I could relate to yeah. um, being in Boulder. So, right. was, so did you play all four years with Ricardo Patton? No. So Ricardo actually resigned. 
after before our freshman year. So we coached our freshman year. Uh, we everybody knowing he wasn't going to be coming back, which was a difficult difficult situation because we had eight freshmen. Um, so we had to learn a lot of things on our, on our own. Um, but it made us stronger as we continued to build the Colorado program at that point in time. And um, so you, you know, played with Richard Roby. Played with Richard Roby. Right. Played with Marcus Hall, Marcus King, Stockton, uh, Jamil Jackson, Wilson. And then our freshman class, we had eight. So it was me, Xavier Silas, Jeremy Williams, Cal Bay, Sean Kowal, Mark Van Burke, uh, Trent Beckley, and James Inge. Okay. I'm asking you a lot of questions that I already know the answers to because I'm a fan of yours, but <laughs> just for the listeners here. So um, when, you, when you played for CU, um, I mean, did you enjoy the town of Boulder? Did you get out much, or was it all about school and basketball when you were here? You know, when you're here in school, it's about basketball it's about studies and it's about women. You know, you're trying to <laughs> trying to have fun, hang out with women. Yeah. I met my wife here, so I can say that. Okay, fair enough. I'm now married to. Um, and it's about basketball, so you don't really get a chance to embrace the city the way that you would if as you're older. Yeah, like you don't appreciate the foothills. You don't appreciate the place that you are. You don't appreciate the the support that you have all the way until you get older. So as we come back, as we're older, you know, it's really cool to be like, hey, I went to school here, and yeah. that was a pretty good experience. Right, and so. Obviously, you played overseas professional basketball in Germany, Croatia, and Greece. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, was that in the right order that you played in those? No, countries? so it was, it was Germany for a season, then it was Greece for two, then Croatia was to finish it out. Um, How did that come about? You graduated here mm-hmm. with a, mar- a marketing degree, mm-hmm. and you just obviously were good enough to play pro basketball, and then you just decided to, to go out there and give it a shot? So once I graduated, uh, you know, I wanted – obviously, it's every kid's dream to play in the NBA if you play basketball at a high level. I wasn't good enough, unfortunately, but um, so I hired an agent, and the agent began to look for opportunities for me to play in, in Europe. Um, and the Germany, the Germany situation came about. It was a good opportunity. Played in the second division in Germany, had a good season, um, and that continued to manifest itself. You know, in Europe, you know, it's about winning. And it's about being productive. Right. Um, and I was able to do that my first year. We finished fourth in the league, made the playoffs. So it was, it was a good year, and, and I really enjoyed it. You know, Germany had great infrastructure. Um, Greece, the people, the food, the place. I, w- I was in Athens, so that was a, that was really really nice. Um, and then in Croatia, you know, it was another small city, but I was right on the Mediterranean Sea. I could see Italy from my balcony, so it was a really good experience. Yeah, that is an amazing experience. I mean, what was the basketball like in those three countries? Was it all the same, or were there different styles? Or um, Greece is at one when I was playing in Greece it was one of the more respected leagues in Europe. It still is. Yeah, it's it really still good, is, yeah. really really good Greek basketball players. It's a, the time when they, in 2004 Olympics, when they were playing, when it was in Greece, they had a really good team. So Greece is really highly respected. Uh, the second division in Germany was good basketball, but it wasn't the top level. So it was a way for me to kind of get acclimated with European basketball. Um, and in Croatia, I played in the Asiatic League, um, where Yosef, Yosef Nurkic was actually one of my teammates. Oh, really? We wow. played against Dario Saric. I uh, played against some, a few other NBA players when I was in Croatia. So that was the best basketball. Okay. A really good time. Um, if I had to say the biggest thing, the difference between European and American basketball, I would say um, it's just the overall skill level at a young age. You know, those guys on the dribble pass shoot no matter how big they are, okay. how old they are. Yeah. And they don't rely on much as it. They don't, they don't rely on athleticism as much as uh, we do here. What about just the countries? In- okay, so just talking about your experience in Europe, I mean, what was it like actually living in those countries, like um, Germany, Croatia, and Greece? Um, it was it was really good experience. Like I said, I had my wife with me at that point, my girlfriend at that time. Um, she was there for me in terms of just the support and uh, just being able to help me navigate through the countries. You know, I'm from Texas, 
I don't really know what is going on outside of Texas. <laughs> so yeah. at that point in time, especially. So she was able to kind of open my eyes up um, and be a tremendous asset to me. And just that's why she's my wife today, because she went over there. She stuck with you. And she stuck with me um, through my career and, and did everything that she possibly could do to be the best for me. So um, living living with her was great. Greece was absolutely the best place, in my opinion, in terms of the city, the town, the food, the people, the basketball. That was the best. How long were you there? I was in Greece for two years. Okay. Um, and then my cousin was also playing in Greece at that time, too. So it just made it so much more easier to be there. And then in Croatia, um, was great. I was countryside, but I was my, my apartment, balcony, I could see the Mediterranean, I could go get in the water, and I could see Italy. So it was really cool to be there as well. Great. So, I mean, you're still young now, and, mm-hmm. and you stopped playing a few years ago. I mean, why did you stop playing pro basketball? Uh, so it was an interesting, interesting situation. I was coming up the best career, uh, best year of my career. Uh, playing at the highest level and playing well, and I tore a ligament in my ankle, um, and it didn't heal correctly. So Did you get surgery for that? or had surgery for it, didn't heal correctly, um, and it just kind of set me back about 12 months. And at that point, my wife was two years into her career um, as a administrator, school administrator, assistant principal, and it just made sense for, for her to stay back. So I decided, you know what, I wasn't going to make enough money to retire. We were traveling. I was making good money. I could live. But I wasn't going to be in that bracket to where it was going to be what I was foreseeably could do in the future. Uh, so it was kind of a lifestyle decision to where, you know, for our family, for her, it was the best thing for us to do. And now I got into coaching, which is also a carousel. So Yeah, I know you got a great <laughs> career now, but do you miss playing at all? I do miss playing. Yeah. I'll take that back. I don't miss playing, but I still like to play. Yeah. If that makes sense? That does make like, sense. Like, I'm, I'm okay with not playing professionally anymore, but being 29, still being able to play, um, still in decent shape, I do like to still play. Right. Okay, so moving on to the University of Denver job that you have now, um, you're the director of basketball operations for the University of Denver basketball team. I mean, how did this job come about? Is it? I, I doubt you You know, applied to an ad online. Was it, a, <laughs> was it Ricardo Patton or Coach Billups that, that set you up on that? See, you don't exactly. You're exactly right about that. You don't apply for these jobs online. Yeah. It's kind of about who you know and how you know them. Um, and when I graduated from CU, Coach Bills was becoming a director of operations here for Coach Boyle. And I would come back with my wife um, for about two weeks and work out. So we developed a relationship that way. So he knew I wanted to get into coaching after I got done playing. And while I was at GA at Georgia Tech that season, he gave me a call and said, hey, uh, why don't you come work for me? Um, we had got fired. We had just gotten fired after having a pretty good year. Yeah, and you guys actually made the NIT that year, mm-hmm. won a couple games, and you still got fired after that? Went 22-12, lost in third round NIT and got fired. <laughs> uh, it was definitely a shock for most of us. But, you know, it, it, I'm a firm believer in things happen for a reason, and you are where you're supposed to be. So Coach Josh Passner got the job, and he kept me on staff as a GA, but it was better for me to come be with Coach Bills here at the University yeah, of Yeah, so who was that coach of Georgia Tech then? Brian Gregory. Okay. And the way I got hooked up with Brian Gregory was he recruited me at Dayton when I was in high school. Oh, really? So when I got done playing, I reached out to a friend of mine who knew the associate head coach there. Right. Um, and it became a seamless transition from there. Okay, so now as that you're the director of basketball operations at University of Denver, I mean, what does that job entail? What do you do, you know, during the season, in the off season? So I kind of I like to describe it as I'm a liaison amongst the basketball office and everybody else across campus, academics, compliance, admissions. Um, if somebody needs to get in contact with the basketball office for whatever reason that may be, they come through me. The biggest thing I do during the season is tr- plan our travel, plan our schedule, our travel. Um, and make sure that everything is taken for our guys to only concentrate on so basketball. you got to be super organized. you got to be super organized. And yeah. I can tell you from being a basketball player and then going into that role, 
it took an adjustment. And I'm still not the best at it, but I really feel like I've gotten a lot better at being organized, being proactive instead of reactive, and just trying to communicate what's going on amongst our staff and our players. Um, I take pride in everybody knowing what's going on and, and being on the same page. Right. So, I mean, just meeting you now, you seem extremely personable. You obviously have a great basketball <laughs> background. To me, you'd be the ideal recruiter. Are you allowed to recruit for DU, or how I, does that work? First of all, I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so I cannot be on the road recruiting. However, I can, uh, as if people call me, I can. If prospective student athletes call me, I can speak to them. Okay. And um, just kind of keep it keep it very cordial in terms of that. But you know, my time will come, and when it does come, I'll be ready to recruit because, as you said, I feel like I'm personable. I feel like I have a good basketball knowledge, and I feel like I can, I can still relate to the young kids that we do recruit. I'm not too far removed. Um, I'm still up on the latest music. Yeah, <laughs> they think I'm funny sometimes. Yeah. So, um, like I said, when that time comes, it'll be I'll be ready. But I'm definitely appreciative of the opportunity Coach Bills is giving me. Yeah, great. So, in the off season, I mean, is that sort of a somewhat downtime for you? I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about your you coaching for the the basketball tournament here. But so, what do you do during the summer mostly? So, what people we get this question a lot. Now the season's over. Like, what do you do? I would say the season. The off-season is a little more busy than during the season. During the season, you have a regiment. You practice, you travel, you play. Okay. In the off-season, it's real sporadic. you got the freshmen coming in. you got camp. you got recruiting. Um, you have things you have to prepare for the upcoming season. So with our school being from September to June on the quarter system, we start late, but we also get out late. So our guys get out about June. We do camp all of June. And then we go on the road and recruit July. i got to be in the office to support the coaches that are out. So our downtime comes around August. Okay. And it's, it doesn't sound like much of a nine-to-five job either. No. You're kind of always on call. Nah, it's You know, coaches, with coach being young and understanding that, you know, we have families, we have things we do outside of basketball, he's very conscious of our time as his staff. Right. Um, and I'm really appreciative of that as well. Okay, so now moving on to the actual DU basketball team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys were 15-15 and 15 last year. I mean, I saw you guys play. You, look, you guys looked like you had a great team, but – to me, you might even be better next year. You got Tory Miller transferring as a graduate transfer. You got another guy from Creighton who's transferring. I mean, do you guys think you're going to be able to challenge for the Summit League? I know South Dakota's kind of owned that the last couple of years. They have. They have one player called named Mike Dom. Yeah. He is a really good basketball player. Uh, matchup nightmare. I thought he was going to go pro this year. <laughs> you know, I, I think he will at some point, and hopefully that's next year. Okay. Um, but I think that we'll have a chance to be good next year. I don't like to put expectations on things. I learned my lesson last year. Okay. TBT, you know, we put some expectations on our shoulders, and I think it hindered us a little bit. But I can tell you this, with, with those guys, with our two grad transfers, um, our five freshmen that are coming in, if we can get a little bit better, if our returns can be a little better, if our two grad transfers can do what they did at their previous schools, and we get a couple freshmen to be consistent, I think we'll be able to put the pieces in the right place to compete for sure. Good. So, you know, I spent a lot of time researching. I don't even think this is out yet. Is the schedule for next year even out yet? For it's, not CU? Fin- it's not finished yet. It's not for finished us. yet. Okay. For us, it's not finished yet. Do you guys know if you're going to be playing Colorado this year? We will not play Colorado this year. Okay, that's prob- that might be good. No, <laughs> your roster is. Yeah, we, we won't be playing Colorado this year. You know, that last year that was a, that was a one thing, one-time thing. But I think going forward, it may be something we try to do a little bit more often. Okay. Yeah, I like those little those in-state rivalry games. Um, so now talking about the basketball tournament, mm-hmm. and I, I spoke with Richard Roby a couple weeks ago, and you're the head coach of the team here. 
and it's Team Colorado. It's a basketball tournament. It's a winner-take-all, $2 million prize. The first game is July 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's on ESPN3. So how did you go about becoming the head coach of this this team here? Um, so I played actually played the first year. Okay. So Bo Gamble uh, reached out to a whole bunch of guys about this tournament three years ago and was like, hey, you guys want to play? And, you know, nobody really knew what it was. We just kind of showed up and just rolled the balls out and played. And we yeah. lost. And we were a little embarrassed because, like, you know, we felt we're better than this. Right. The team we, we, we could have beat the team we played. Uh, we kind of figured out what it really was too late. So the next year, uh, I was the GA at Georgia Tech. And, you know, Bo was putting together, together the team again, him and Trent Beckley this time. And he was like, you want to play? I said, no, Bo, I want to coach. I said, I think that for me, for my career, for right. where I'm trying to go, I think it would be a great experience for me to coach these professional players. Um, and it was it was a little intimidating at first, not knowing how to deal with them, but the personal relationship I have with these guys really Yeah, you probably knew really most helped, of the guys of already, yeah. And as you deal with pros, they're much different than college kids. Case in point, this morning I was, I was at the broker, and I'm up, like I'm, like I'm getting ready to prepare for practice, and there's three of our guys up having coffee, reading the paper, and, and being adults. Yeah. Dealing with the college kids, they're up five <laughs> minutes before we got to meet. Yeah. So um, that lets you know it's a different dynamic you're dealing with where you have to treat these guys like men. You have to respect them as men. And we try to do the same thing with our college players, but they just don't know yet sometimes. Um, and you can't do some of the same things you do with the college kids because they, don't, they won't respond. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely been a great experience coaching these grown men and coaching my, some of these guys who are my friends. Um, one, because we have a bond for the University of Colorado in our basketball program. And two, we've all played professional basketball on some level. And three, we have one common goal that we're trying to do, and that's win. Yeah. Nobody gets any contracts with the tournament. Nobody gets any individual publicity. If we all win, we win. And if we all lose, we lose. So it's a, it's a unique dynamic that way, and it's really, really fun um, to do this. Right. So it, we're, we're talking here actually on the basketball court, which is pretty cool for me. Mm-hmm. But you just started your training camp, and it sounds like you had two practices mm-hmm. today. How long does this training camp go for? Are you we'll guys go, running these guys pretty ragged, or how's it? Yeah, we, we'll go to Sunday morning, and we had two – Two practices today. We went this morning and we played really intense. I was really happy with the way our guys came out and competed against each other, um, trying to see what they can and can't do. You know, we got a couple new faces, and we got some guys coming off injuries. So for me, just trying to get a really good feel of of what guys can and cannot do, uh, where they will fit in, and um, just try to basically basically just get wind. You know, when you come here and train, the altitude is definitely different. And then this afternoon, we scrimmaged against the current players. Not scrimmage, we played pickup against the current players. And um, that was fun, too, but we were just kind of out of gas. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, this is a basketball <laughs> podcast for basketball fans. Are you able to talk at all about the kind of style or kind of offense or defense you're, you're going to run here at the tournament? So there's not a whole lot of time to install a lot of stuff, right, because we got five practices. We want to get guys in shape. We want to see what they can do, and then we go play. So, But we're going to play fast. We're going to play pace and space. Um, we're going to shoot a lot of threes. We're going to play inside out. But the biggest thing that is going to help for us to be successful is going to be our overall effort. You've got to play harder, longer, and we've got to defend. I mean, sorry, we've got to rebound. Yeah. Rebound and defend. So if we can do those things, I think we'll, be, we'll have a chance to, to do what we, what we want to do, which is win. Last year when we lost, we didn't play harder than that team we lost to. I think we have more talent, and that's no knock against Armour Athlete. They were a really good team, and they, and they showed it by beating us. But I think we had more talent, but we didn't play harder longer. 
Right. So that's what I've been preaching to the guys today, and I'll do it for the rest of our training camp and then our couple of practices in L.A. we got to play harder, longer, we got to rebound and defend. Offensively, we'll take care of ourselves. we got enough guys that can dribble, pass, and shoot and put the ball in the hole. But our commitment is going to have to come with that in. Okay. Is this, is this tournament just kind of standard rules where you can play zone and mm-hmm. with a shot clock there's no twist to it or anything? It's pretty much collegiate rules, but there's a couple international variations. Um, you can go in. Like in, in, in Europe, if the ball hits the rim, it's bouncing. You can get up there and knock it off the rim. So okay. you can do that in okay. this tournament. Yeah. Um, other than that, you can play zone. Uh, there's no defensive three seconds. We play with the international three-point line. The collegiate three-point line, I'm sorry. So it's kind so it's of a, a bit mix of a blend because there are international teams it's, playing yeah, in it. Yeah. It's a little bit of international and collegiate rule blend. Okay, so you know what's next for you? It sounds like you actually are looking to be a, a college coach, and I think it sounds like you have the skill set to do that. I mean, do you think that's you know something that that that's how does that come about? It comes about um, just to be completely honest with you. It comes about by having relationships with coaches. Yeah. But it also comes about with winning. You know, as, as we're at the University of Denver and we continue to win and, and people notice what we're trying to do there and what we've accomplished, opportunities come. When you win, everybody eats. When right. you lose, then, you know, you kind of stay the same. Um, in our past two years, while we have improved with the culture and with what we're trying to do going forward, our record does not indicate we have tremendously improved. Right. You know, we've been 16 and 14, 15 and 15. So that's kind of how the next opportunity comes about is that when we win and people recognize kind of what we're doing at the University of Denver and when I get a chance to talk to people about what I want to do, I'm able, they want to hire me. Um, but like I said, I'm comfortable in my position now and I, I appreciate what Coach Bills has done for me and when my time comes, it comes and I, I'll be ready. Yeah, good. I think you will be. Okay, I've used up all my time here. I want to thank Dwight for speaking with me. And again, I want to encourage people to watch the the basketball tournament we watch in Support Team Colorado. The first game is July 14th at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and it's on ESPN3. So, Dwight, good luck in this tournament out there. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. I'll be watching it, and thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Oh, it was a great blast. All right, thanks. Well, that was my conversation with Dwight Thorne II, Director of Basketball Operations at the University of Denver. I want to thank him again for speaking with me to take some time. It was right after a practice he had because he's the head coach for the Team Colorado for the basketball tournament that's coming up soon. So thanks to Dwight for taking the time to speak with me. You know, he really came across as an extremely talented rising star in the world of coaching. So I'm really going to follow his career going forward. He's still a really young guy. He's got a lot of career ahead of him, and I think he's really going to go places. So I encourage you guys to keep an eye on Dwight because I think he's really going to do things in the world of world of basketball. So that's this week's Mountain Basketball Podcast, and thanks for being here, and I'll talk to you again next week.